Welcome to another episode of Crouching Tiger Hidden Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dave, and I'm, as always, I'm joined by Vader. Uh, how's it going, Vader? It's very good. Thank you very much. And yourself? Ah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's been a little while since our last episode, so it's good to be back on the horse again. I guess if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> yep. The Kung Fu horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, wait, uh, what movie we're covering yeah. today? Um, we are taking a look at Swordmaster. Uh, it came out 2016, so it's relatively recent. Um not as recent as our, our last film we covered. Um, this one is directed by Derek Yi, and it's his first kung fu slash uh, wuxia film. However, he's direct like his main body of work is heroic bloodshed, sort of the cops and robbers uh, kind of thing, and it's all you know modern day, um, more contemporary style. But what he does have is he has a, a extensive um, acting portfolio, and he's been in um, several kung fu movies from the eighties onward. And I didn't really grab any of those out of his filmography. There wasn't, didn't they were like very notable films. But um, his experience is is in acting side, I think, more than the directing side as far as kung fu is concerned. Yeah, I would say that this film's not super heavy. There's a lot of fighting, but it's not super heavy on the martial arts. Uh, it falls in that category, but it's more of a, I guess, a tragic drama piece. Yeah, it? it's a character study, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. It's yeah. really more about the people um, than any kung foolery going on. His, uh, I guess, his notable films, I picked some of them, they're all, I said, they're all um, contemporary films, so... One Night in Mongok, that was 2004. Um, that was similar to, I want to say it's One Night in Bangkok, but the movie that um, Nicolas Cage did a, a re- American remake a few years ago, but it was originally okay. a Chinese film. Um, then, he's, then he did uh, The Shinjuku Incident, starring everybody's favorite, Jackie Chan. That one really didn't have... It's violent and not a lot of like kicking and punching, just more shooting people. So <laughs> again, it's not, you know, really in our wheelhouse other than Jackie Chan. Um, and then 2010, he did uh, Triple Tap and that one was pretty neat. It, I, I, that was on, um, actually, I think, I don't know if One Night in Mongok, but I know Shinjuku Incident and Triple Tap, I were both or are still on Netflix, the U.S. Netflix anyway. Um, Triple okay. Tap is about a an Olympic shooter, like a um, target. Okay. Targets, but he uh, yeah, well, he stops a, a crime. Like he has his his Olympic pistol with him uh, on on the highway. I think he sees a crime and, and just shoot kills the uh, criminals. And so the movie is sort of about. Um, the police are kind of after him because he's doing like vigilante justice that you can't do. Um, it, was, it was it was pretty neat. It's been a while since I've seen it since it was 2010. The name just reminded me of Zombieland, um, and I was thinking it's like the sequel. You know, instead of double tap, it's triple tap. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the rules. Shoot the zombies three times. Mm-hmm. Make sure. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so yeah, his film his film history is again seems quite diverse. It's diverse, but they're the same sort of themes. Yep. Like the Swordmaster could is could have easily been uh, maybe like a triad film or something set in modern oh, yeah, day. I can see that. You could have done that. It's, it's almost a Romeo and Juliet sort of yeah um, tragedy type story, tragedy setup. Yeah, so you could have done any time period. He just picked. Uh, this, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, you know, involved a little bit. The fantasy aspect of it isn't as strong as other like wire uh, use films, but it's still stuff that you really can't do in real life. They're you know, jumping well, way too high, <laughs> flying through the air yes. with their swords. It's cool, but it's purely you know for spectacle. Yeah, it's for legends and the this power of these people. And yeah. is it actually dealing with humans, or is it like oh, what's that one that we did where Jet Li becomes a baby? Forbidden <laughs> uh, uh, Kingdom? That. No, no. You know what I'm talking about? What's I know you're talking about, but that's pretty bad. <laughs> I don't remember our own movies. <laughs> um, it was that crazy one, but it's yeah. Well, that was with the gods. A, this is people. These well, isn't this based in a different people. realm, though? Like, they imply that it's the the main characters and players in the story are from a different realm and are higher beings or higher importance than the average peasant. That's the impression I got. I Because I, they talk about the, the land of martial arts or whatever it is. They do. It's it, called um, Jiang Hu. Uh, for, for, forgive me if I butcher that. Um... That's the martial world. It's still Earth. It's not like another realm. Uh, that's it's the same as saying like the world of wrestling or uh, the world of football. You're, you're that world doesn't mean another place. It's just like uh, exclusively martial artists. Like they follow a code. Like I guess uh, the world of knights. So yeah, I just, if you're I thinking of knights they... versus like peasants it's that same sort of idea yeah i get what you're you're saying i just got the impression that there was a lot of uh mysticism around things um especially that yeah the realm they were in like yeah when yeah i don't know how to explain it like especially in the beginning like you've got this the sword master who's attacking i'll get into that later but he's like crossing a lake on a magical boat things like that and did it's just these, yeah. Even yeah, the main that's, city that's uh, based around. It's like on the borders of heaven or something. Mm, like around, it's like kind of. Uh, what it is is the the movie itself is based off of a book, um, the Third Master's Sword by Gulong, and Gulong's uh, tales they're they're fantastical, where it's not really. Uh, like a historical document or something. It's, it's fantasy novels. Um, it's like ancient China, I guess, sort of the way that um, Middle Earth, like in Lord of the Rings, is supposed to be historical Earth. You know, they have magic and they have all the things and just kind of went away. And I think that that's the idea kind of um, behind these. Okay. Yeah. I get that. It's just yeah, the way. So I, yeah, it's I more fantastical than, than like a realistic uh, 
you know, world. That's just what people were supposed to be able to do at these super high levels of uh, yeah mastery. League of Gods is the movie which okay I yeah wow <laughs> uh, um, that's on us that was bad. <laughs> that's that's how I viewed this movie watching through it is as if this because League of Gods they all look like humans or some looked a bit different obviously yeah but in yeah. general. Um, I, that's the way I saw this film is that there was a different realm of higher, like superior beings, kind of like in as you bring up Middle Earth. Um, I've been playing Shadows of War, so it's it's topical for me as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, you've got the the elf, the elves, and then you've got the high humans, and then the normal humans. Like they, they yeah. are, there is a difference between the. They look the same, mm-hmm. but uh, there's a difference, and that's the way I saw this film is that these characters were better. They uh, they were kind of. Because it's that yeah. idea of um, self-cultivation. It's people trying to attain, like, immortality or... Godlyhood. Um, yeah, basically. Like, the idea of a sword saint is what they kind of say in the literature. And you, you're... You, yeah, you're basically superhuman. You've surpassed, like, what a regular person should ever be able to do. And, oh, so it's um, like Goku. Yeah, I guess it's just not uh, <laughs> not an alien or not a <laughs> monkey. <laughs> monkey raised uh, up in in the heavens. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but they're not That's in like another rock agent. Okay. Well, it's still all really. It's in fact, we'll find out really quickly that it's pretty related, <laughs> if, if if not directly to the um, the movie. Yes. So um, I guess that that'll usher us into the the cast we'll take a look at these guys real quick and then uh take a look at the plot yes uh, cast kenny lynn you're yes. gonna have to say his name uh it's like say xiao feng um that's his like original name before he yes. kind of cast aside his um heritage and he's walking around as a beg as the beggar uh, achi so he's the basically the main, well, one of the two main characters that we're getting the, the story from. Which is interesting, because we don't really learn who he is. No, until like halfway through the movie. Yeah. It, it's obviously implied, mm. or he's clearly imp- important, but it's maybe, what, 15 minutes into the film? 20 minutes yeah, into the film? Yeah, and it doesn't, like, him? it's not explicit, and there's a lot, this movie has a lot of flashbacks, and it goes between, like, his young self, his adolescence, and then his adulthood. And that kind of speeds up as we get into later into the film. Yeah. The first chunk of the film is, well, it's someone completely different, um, who's the focus of the, uh, seems like the main character of the film, which... Yeah, it's a, it's a different. I've never really seen a, main, a a movie do this. I can't think of an example where the lead character isn't introduced until a good chunk of the film. We actually here have the almost the antagonist or villain of the film. I the mean, he's character. not even a villain. It's just the way he's I know. portrayed. Portrayed. Um, yeah, it, yeah. So it's an interesting take and way of doing the film, introducing the, the I guess hero quote unquote <laughs> yeah well again yeah. i think and, like some of the other ones we've watched this movie unfolds a little bit more like a play um yep. than i think a traditional or at least a western idea of fantasy action film 
know, the, the pacing Great. is a little bit slower and it definitely jumps around um, a lot. But it's not, um, like, I wouldn't say that it's confusing as far as who is doing what and what's happening. I think the confusion um, potentially lies in the factions and sort of what's going on in the background because it doesn't really talk about it, like, overtly. Yep. It's sort of implied. Uh, it's a good point you bring up because I would say for the first play half of the film, I was like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> and I was, I was super confused. I'm like, what on earth is happening? Because as I said, like the first 20 minutes, you've got this one character that's, that's the lead. And then it suddenly just switches completely different tone, completely different setting. And I was like, what the heck? But then the, the movie does a really good job of explaining itself in the long run. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily sit down and tell you, but it shows you it. And uh, I thought that was quite impressive in, in cinematic storytelling. Um, so by the end, I understood. But during the film, like there's one group that turns up. They, they, they're kind of the um, Conan. When, you know, the movie Conan, when like as a kid, his village gets ransacked and there's just the dudes just, and you're like, who are these people? Yeah. It was like that. There's just, there's a scene with these people like, who are they? And they don't actually don't come back until like right at the end of the movie when it kind of ties it back in. You find out, okay, this, that, that explains it. But it was, it was really confusing, but it also explains itself. So, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's probably, um, or not probably, I bet you this is in part due to, you know, this is based off of a book. And they're trying to adapt something fairly complex and put it into like a movie where this maybe um, uh, I've read a few of Gulong's other books, like his other series, and they they've been adapted into films before, but generally they're put into TV series, and it, it they're suited better in that format because you need like two seasons of background and to know who all these people are. Yeah. And, and get a good idea of that. Well, yeah, I, to be, you make a good, another good point. Um, I actually sat there thinking, I bet Dave knows what's going on here. <laughs> like, he'll know the story behind this, the legend of this of this movie. <laughs> so I was, like, I was like, I'm good. I was really waiting for Dave to tell me what, what happened. Um, yeah. yeah, I got like the gist of it. Um, like you said, I mean, I didn't go, I went into this blind too, as far as when I watched it, I didn't realize what it was you know, based off of, and, um, I'm not, like I said, familiar with the source material, but I did the same thing. You know, I, I'm, I was comfortable as the movie progressed, but it, you just get a more of a light bulb switch, I think halfway through. Oh, that, so that's what's going on because the characters yeah. themselves, um, they're not concerned with the past. They're sort of, um, they're trying to leave it behind. And it's just catching back up to them. And as the viewer, it's doing the same thing. So they paced it pretty well as far as kind of, you know, showing their hands a little bit. And then let it, they're not treating you like an idiot, which is refreshing that you can watch this. And, yeah, it might help to be a little bit more familiar with the, the background story. But um, they're not spoon feeding you really anything. Yeah. And that's, that's nice to have. Um, and we get that a little bit more in this type of movie. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I guess, uh, yeah, talk- yeah, Kenny Lynn. So let's do <laughs> real quick his um, filmography. So he uh, he had a, a few other roles other than what I, I selected, but um, 
uh, most suitably, and one we've heard of briefly before, was uh, Young Detective D, Rise of the Sea Dragon, uh, 2013. I believe he plays the title role. Um, and then he's in The Taking of Tiger Mountain, 2014. Um, I... I watched a few minutes of that. It's just kind of sitting on my queue in Netflix. I'll probably <laughs> now um, get around to watching it. Uh, oh, look, The Great Wall, <laughs> 2016. <laughs> We've talked about that one before. Still um, need to see it. Yeah, I watched it. I think I watched it like three times in one day. I don't even. It was. It's not even that great of a movie, but it was uh, something in there was uh, fun. Like fun, yeah. Um, yeah. And then he's in uh, Journey to the West, The Demon Strikes Back, uh, 2017. And um, he's reprising, I'm imagining, his role in Detective D, The Four Heavenly Kings. Uh, that's in pre-production, I believe, so that should be coming out next year. Holy cool names, Batman. Like, his, his I know. list of things, he's got, like, these really long, cool names for all his movies. <laughs> Yeah, it was like the four heavenly kings. All I could think of was <laughs> Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, Dark Souls. <laughs> I was like, I'll watch that. Yeah. that. That should be a good movie. Yeah, the Detective D stuff's fun. It's not, um, I, I guess, if anything, they're a little bit toned down from the action in Swordmaster because those movies are more, um, it's like, if you took, I guess if you did like Sherlock Holmes and just did a little bit extra fight scenes, but it's more sort of like that kind of movie. Okay. Uh, the period pieces or modern? Um, these are period pieces. Well, um, Detective D is, for sure. Okay. Because when, when I hear the, the term detective, I just think of, like, in the last hundred years kind of thing. I don't think of too old. No, it's... I don't know yeah, when are. they're set. Uh, he's using a sword. They are, and it's that... Um, the officials and they have like those horsehair hats, so it's it's pretty far back. It's not it's not modern day at all. Yeah. Interesting. The, the posters and the, the artwork for it looks really fun. Yeah, I watched. Um, I'm gonna say the was it Andy? I think Andy Lau's in the first one. There's a Detective D that's where he's uh, an adult, and then young Detective D. He's still an adult. It's not like, it's not like um, young Indiana Jones. He's just maybe like in his 20s instead of 40 or something that he is in the okay. first film. And then I imagine Detective D for Heavenly Kings is just him back to being like regular old. age. Well, I don't, he's not it's old. Really, but, yeah, older. You know, yeah. Older. He's not 20. That's kind of a cool way of... Um doing it doing like a prequel with a different actor and then continuing that series as he gets older um, yeah that's kind of fun yeah i think it's the and then there's you know enough years in between um 13 to 18 that to uh, have him you know age accordingly and mm. um he's a um kid in this Kalen is he a, he's a pretty good looking guy i would say <laughs> definitely a lead actor material yes yeah he is uh, what about his martial arts? Like there was a bit in this, but I can't say it was too heavy on the martial arts. Uh, no, that this looks like stage. Or? I don't. I don't think it is. I think that's just um, action, like stage artist. martial arts. Like um, it looks like wushu. You know, where it's a lot of high yep. flying stuff. There's not special things. Uh, yeah, and he's using a sword, so it's a lot of swishy. 
um, not practical, you know, stage sword fighting. Like, there's definitely a lot of spinning involved that would just get you stabbed. So, um, it looks cool, but it's uh, not real. So, <laughs> um, yep. so I guess that, that brings us to our second main character. Um, uh, it's uh, Yen Shosan. Uh, he's portrayed by Peter Ho. Um, this guy is a pretty cool, uh, filmography too. He, uh, was in the Storm Riders, um, TV series in 2002, the sequel TV, I guess another season in 2004 of the Storm Riders. And that's, that's another, um, it's a show and they've done a couple movies. Um, those are based off of comic books as well. Um, uh, I would say look up the comics, uh, they're... Um, they're sort of like painted, like hand painted. It doesn't look like, you know, it's not like a pencil illustration. It looks more like paintings, like large paintings. So the, um, it's a lot of the same, you know, sort of thing that's in, uh, Swordmaster where everyone's kind of flying around, but, um, it just looks really cool. Oh, yeah, that artwork's awesome. Yeah. It's good stuff. I, I, this, I remember collecting those. Probably around that time. Um, I didn't see the TV series, but uh, in the early 2000s, that's when I was picking up those um, those comics. They had the graphic novels um, stateside. I probably shouldn't oh, have kept yeah. collecting them, but they were expensive. <laughs> it's like $14 oh, yeah. an issue. Yeah, the one I popped up here, $9.95 for issue one. So I mentioned, yeah, they yeah. do the classic. First one's cheaper, and the rest are doubled the price. <laughs> well, I, yeah, at this point, they're older, so... They'll just have gone up in price. And then, um, let's see. Oh, he was in the TV series for um, Legend of... Action figures. Yeah, there's a... Sorry. There's a... Um, Donnie Yen uh, did a movie adaptation, um, Dragon Tiger Gate, uh, which I want to say is... It's not directly related but i think it's the same author um that does storm Riders. it's just a contemporary setting instead mm-hmm. storm Riders was a lot more fun but you know it's a, it, was, it was a ridiculous movie uh donnie Yen had like this long wig that like covered one eye like the hair was just it was like emo emo yen <laughs> it was really funny emo, emo donnie yen mm-hmm. sweet uh, and he was playing a guy that he was too old to play, so that was probably what made it weird. Uh, he's just trying to follow Jackie Chan's footsteps. Yeah, I guess, sort of. <laughs> um, oh, anyway, so the next film was Legend, or uh, TV series was The Legend of Liu Xiaofeng, and um, that is, uh, I think that's another Gulong um, series. That one, I do. I have the, um, it's a 2001, I think, 2002 TV series. So they've adapted this a lot of times, I mean, movies and everything. But the um, TV series I had uh, was really good. It's one of the first few, um, I guess, Chinese uh, martial arts TV series that I'd ever, that I'd seen. Um, that along with um, Laughing in the Wind. Um, was another really good series, but, uh, Liu Xiaofeng, um, it's probably one of the coolest, like, literary characters. He's this dude and he has, uh, 
He has these little mustaches. So they call him um, Four Eyebrows because his, his twin mustaches <laughs> look like two other eyebrows. And um, uh, he has this move. What's they call it? Um, it's like the... Chu Feng... I don't remember what it's called. It's something... Chu Feng or Xing Feng finger. And he can, like... No matter what, he can catch any blade like used against him with his with like his um index and middle finger he just catches it and snaps it or throws it so oh, yeah. he practices so hard to like be able to catch anything and um it's just his adventures as he goes around um sort catching of stuff. like yeah catching stuff no he's like <laughs> it's not even solving crimes he's just helping people um but he's kind of like a playboy and he just gets drunk all the time but you know when the when the chips are down or whatever he Kicks my ass. Kicks my ass and catches things <laughs> with his fingers. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but it's really cool in the show. Um, but uh, the actor, Peter Ho, he plays um, this dude called... It's like Xiaofeng something. It, it translates as Simon Snowblower in the subtitles i remember <laughs> because it's like simon snowblower <laughs> simon snowblower it's like the goofiest name but he's like a really cool dude um he's like the the best uh sword fighter in the in the world um of uh um, um anyway it's a it's a cool series and i recommend uh taking a look at it if you ever get the chance i don't know about this yeah, um edition of it but the older one was cool I've got some uh, video footage of one of them up now, and he's caught uh, throwing dagger with his fingers. He just catches them. Anything. He just catches it. Yeah. You can't stop him. And there's lots <laughs> of wire work, lots of jumping. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. It's pretty sweet. Some nice spins, spin attacks and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's just a lot of good fun. And the guy is like a riot. He's just like a goofy dude. Um, he's, you know, when what? he fights, he's like never, he's hardly ever serious. It's just like there's a lot of comedy involved. But it's not... Um, it's not like slapstick humor. It's just a kind of a I don't know. A, he's like a goofy, nice guy. Okay. Yeah. Again, it sounds like Goku. He just wants likes to fight. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think this guy specifically likes to fight. He just it just, just he just, he's in the, like the wrong place at the wrong time. Or um, I think he's wandering around. Um, Helping the government or something. It's been a long time. It's been you know, over 10 years since I watched it. So I don't remember. Um, yep. Let's see. Uh, Peter Ho. He's also in... Well, he's in The Monkey King in um, 2014. And the sequel, uh, The Monkey King, The Legend Begins again um, in 2016. <laughs> so that's the same Monkey King, The Journey to the West story? Um, it is... Uh, and I don't remember who directed this one because they they made two separate um, Monkey King ser- or you know sequels, like back to back, different directors but at the same time. It's been remade so many times. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. But I mean, like in this, they were doing it in the same year or whatever. So okay, <laughs> it, was, it was too much at once. I don't remember who was in it. Um, oh, he's very monkey in this one. Yeah, like, he actually looks like a monkey. Yeah, they, I think I watched these ones. Um, well, I watched actually both both uh, the two different movie series. 
They were on Netflix, I think. But one was definitely more, like, kind of violent than the other. Might have been this one. Um, But yeah, so he's done a lot of cool stuff. um, And he plays a... A dying assassin um, in Swordmaster. And he's pretty cool. <laughs> he, has, he has, like, a skull face tattoo um, in this movie. And uh, he it's nice because he, like, explains eventually, like, why he has this tattoo. Because no one rolls around with a tattooed face um, in these movies. Well, yeah, he did it because he was it. Because he was so good at fighting, people would want to fight him, and he just was seen as a villain anyway, so he did it to scare people off, or something like that? Um, yeah, people kept calling him a monster, and so he's like, well, I'll just um, put a tattoo on my face, and then they don't have any excuse, and I'll kill them anyway. Um, yeah, he has a pretty cool backstory. He's like not even like a bad guy. He just well, yeah, and wants that's to he, fight. He, becomes... he just wants to prove himself, basically. Exactly. And so he became... The tattoo was to scare people away, yeah. and then he said he became the villain that his tattoos made him look like. So he just kind of doubled down on. He's like, yeah, so if you're gonna call me a bad guy, I'll show you a bad guy, and then he just yeah, exactly. and murders people for money. Um, um, and he's and so good at what he, he does. <laughs> he regrets regrets the life he's lived, and so he's sort of somewhat looking for redemption. And is yeah. Well, but why is he dying? I never understood that. Um, he is dying from some sort of internal poison, like, whatever his skill is, his training, like, uh, so here's the difference between, I guess, the regular people and then the dude that's the, like, the third master, um, that group of people have, um, they might be, like, genetically or through their lineage predisposed to, um, having stronger chi, like, meridians, so their the flow of energy through their body isn't hampered. Um, his uh, our our assassins his skills like damages um, the chi channels through his body and it's slowly killing him when he uses his uh, skills. I believe was the explanation in the film. I didn't really. I completely missed that. I didn't get it. <laughs> it was um, like a, I don't even think it was a minute long of like he tells somebody <laughs> that. Or his little, uh, he's his little friend. He's not even really his friend, but the dude that collects all the little swords. Have um, you got him down as on the list here? No, <laughs> I couldn't remember what oh, his name was. We have to talk <laughs> about him because he's my favorite no, he's, character. Yeah, he was like the the best guy. He's like the patches of. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like falling around. He's actually cooler masters. than patches. Well, you're right. He is cooler than patches. Um, he's nicer than patches too because he's actually he's like a sword caddy. Like yeah, it's as if he's, yeah. <laughs> he's he doesn't give you the sword, so he's not really a caddy. He's just collecting them off of your dead well, enemies. He's, he's carrying a bag. He's following the dude. Yeah. <laughs> he's giving. He is giving advice and stuff from time to time. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll come back to him. Let's uh, let's burn through these. Um, the rest of the cast yeah, here. Cool. So, but yeah, this is the character we we're talking about earlier, who was um, who who the film starts and I actually yes. thought he was going to be the lead character and the film was about him progressing through as, as I said I thought it was a mystical world it seemed like to me he was progressing through like a heaven type setting where he's mm-hmm. going to have to go up each layer that would have been cool I'd beat. watch that too 
<laughs> well, that's what I thought it was. And I yeah. thought like the first fight where he's fighting on the bridge on the, the frozen lake, that he was, that was the first kind of master. He was there to prove himself through the trial. Like, and then they kept him out like, third sword master. So I was like, where's the second and where's the first? <laughs> yeah, they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> it took me ages to get to that, um, to realize what was actually going on. Yeah. Well, but the yeah, dude, he's, the dude he's fighting on the bridge was the brother of a guy that he killed. It was just for revenge. He was like, you killed my brother. <laughs> and so he was just mad at him. Yeah, I didn't follow that. I just, I I think I was doing two things at once when I first started the film. Oh, and yeah. So you, <laughs> like, you can't, like, you can't miss any of the dialogue in this. Um, and unfortunately, you have to read it. So that makes yeah, it harder. It, it was dropping names I didn't know. And I was mm-hmm. like, I just didn't follow it. I honestly thought he was, that guy was just a guardian of the bridge. That's what it seemed to me. <laughs> yeah. No, just an angry dude that is coming uh, for revenge yeah. for his dead brother. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, I'll, yep. I'll stop derailing us. Nah, that's all right. Um, <laughs> who's our next? Uh, okay, this is actress. Um, Yian Jiang. So she plays Muyung Chuti. This is the spurned lover wife of um Sen Xiaofeng, the the main third master. And she's from a I guess a rival school. Yeah, rival so family. there's two uh I don't think it's it, I didn't write down what um her family was, but uh there's the Si um clan and that's that's run by um Maybe he is the first. It's basically it's the third master's father runs the other clan, and then um, her family runs her clan. Well, they did um, run her clan, and to unite the because they were like feuding, so to unite them, they arranged marriage between um, Xiaofeng and Chu Ti. Um, and then stuff happens later on, or I guess earlier on in history, um, that led to like a further schism between the, the clans. Where like the marriage like did the opposite of uniting them, and uh, they just they're at odds with each other. Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? That he didn't turn up to the wedding, and so then the her family married him off to another clan was going to to an old guy. Okay, and that's when he turned yeah. up and stole the bride back, and then left. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then so he wants to run away. They eloped, she, and then he left her. Well, yeah, sort of. I think because she, I think she liked the fairy tale. It, it kind of played out. She liked the idea of marrying him because he was fancy pants from a cool clan. Yeah, and he was a good fighter. But the reality, he wanted to just leave the life behind. But she didn't want to do that. No, she needed him for his status. Yeah, and he wanted to give his status up, and so that's why yeah. he left. But she still thought she loved him, but she loved the idea of him. Yeah, and now she just wants to kill him. So basically, she hires um, uh, Shasan to uh, murder or assassinate um, her ex-husband. But he's going to do that anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> so just, like, anyway. Their interests online. He'll just get paid for uh, um, doing the thing he was going to do anyway. 
Yeah, and it, and it leads to a fun fight scene with them because they do have a little fight. I don't know where the snake comes from. She's a snake. Uh, it's in her like clothes. I know, but still, I don't weird. know why she just has a snake in her uh, it's not a blouse. It's a I don't know what those are called. <laughs> it's um, the wrapping blouse shirt. Snake. I don't know. It's oh, inside yeah, of yeah, her dress. That. Yeah, it like pops its head out in the beginning, like above her like chest and then it slithers back in and then they're fighting and it shoots out of her like sleeve. It's really cool. It was cool, but it was the only time it happened. Uh, I think it happens at the end of the or the middle or something. She's fighting somebody else and it, it shoots out. I think it gets killed. Okay. I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, it was a cool little trick. To have a snake up your sleeve. And what else has she done? She's done Reign of Assassins. That sounds familiar. Um... Yeah, I didn't actually... I think I've seen the four. So she did Reign of Assassins in 2010, um, the four in 2012, and Lawless Kingdom um, in 2013. I want to say I've seen the four because that was on Netflix. And then Lawless Kingdom has Anthony Wong, so I probably watched it because I watch everything that he's in. Um, But now (laughs) I don't remember. (laughs) This is what happens when you watch a billion movies. Yeah, and they will repeat the same kind of material. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, a lot of these have similar plots, so they just get uh, mixed in my head. I don't remember no more. Um, I didn't recognize her, but uh, I don't know. She only has like well, three movies that I would have seen. I didn't recognize her a couple of times in this movie because of the makeup. So mm, I don't yeah. blame you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess uh, that's, that's her. So um, the next actress is Mung um, Jae Jung. Um, she pra- plays. Um, wow, she plays um, Xiao Li uh, or Princess. Um, is a she's sort of a yeah she's a love interest of um, Xiao Feng as he's in his beggar. It's not like a form, but um, as he's renounced his title of third master and he's wandering the world as Achi, uh, she falls in love with him um, because he gets her out of the <clears throat> debt she owes, I guess, to the brothel. Sort of. Well, he also gets stabbed in the gut for it, too. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um. Yes, she's a, um, I guess, works at a brothel and he ends up working there um, as a slave, virtually. Um, and what, he gets kicked out, doesn't he? Because um, he's, yes. Because he got stabbed? I don't know, like... I don't remember. Well, I, guess I, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't rewatch that part, so I don't know. It was, that's what I mean, like a few plot points just seem to just happen. They don't yeah. Really seem, I, I think why. it explained it, but we'll, we'll just skip that. <laughs> skip yeah. that bit. Uh, but it, conveniently, he's he ends up with um, our main character Archie ends up with her family in the peasants' quarter. Yeah, and like not even on yeah. purpose. Um, they it just, just uh, he Hand helps fight. out her brother, not knowing it was her brother, and then he's kind of. Uh, just stays with um, the 
the brother and the mother um, in the little uh, hovel, I guess, and uh, and becomes they, a poo carrier. They, yeah, <laughs> they can. Someone's got to do it. Um, yeah. Make some good money, I guess. Uh, enough money to to live on. Um, but they think that their the daughter is. Um, I don't, remember, I don't remember what they think she's doing, but they don't think she's a courtesan. Yeah. And then it turns out that she's uh, working at a brothel, but she's sending all, of course, her, her earnings home and um, trying to bring them food when she can, like something more extravagant than like a, a bun. Yeah. So I guess implying that she, she, she's, not doing a nice job, but it's, it's to help her family. She's doing it to, so she's got a good heart. So she's good. She's a good character in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the people are really. It's just like the ridiculous um, clan feuding that makes any problems, and they they definitely make some problems. They kill everyone. Um, yeah, yeah. It's not a not a good <laughs> time, I guess, for these. These unfortunate people. Yeah, well, no, I guess getting back to her um, movie, she's done Kung Fu Hero. Yeah, she didn't really have any other filmography, um, and I didn't see this, but it actually looks pretty fun. It's a, a I want to say it's a, it's a co-production, um, and I looked at some of the reviews, and uh, the the main review was liking it, likening it to um, a Jackie Chan film, so. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, that sounded like a good enough recommendation to at least try to look it up or watch a trailer for it or something. Mm. I'm guessing she's probably one of our. We seem to have these a lot lead actresses who come from a modeling background. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, yeah, she didn't uh, really she's have the much... Dance Academy. Oh, well, there she's you a go. dancer. Yep. So yeah. She, yeah, she did a perfectly fine job. She, yeah, she did a good job as the, I guess, lead actress. Uh, who else is on this list? This guy's got a big list of. Movies. Oh yeah, I didn't even. Uh, <laughs> I just picked a couple because he has like sixty-five films. So Norman Chu, um, he portrays Shaofeng's uh, father. So he's the head of the Supreme oh, yeah. Sword Clan. Um, he he was very recognizable. Yeah, I mean, he's been in, like, everything. I grabbed uh, a few of his notable titles, so other people, I'm imagining people have heard of this. The Flying Guillotine, um, 1975. He's basically done a lot of Shaw Brothers um, movies. The Magic Blade in 76. Duel to the Death. Um, I've seen that one in 83. And um, everyone, not everyone, that's rude. (laughs) Uh, I've seen Zoo Warriors from Magic Mountain and They've remade that like twice um, in the '90s, and then I think later in the 2000s. So that's like a a classic of um, like ridiculous uh, wire action films. And mm-hmm. then uh, a TV series, Return of the Condor Heroes, which I've I think I've seen parts of that, and that was in 1998. Then he did a lot of drama stuff after that. He wasn't really doing. Um, this sort of film anymore. I think, I think maybe they brought him back just because of like a, um, 
because he's had like such a career and he's recognizable. Uh, sort of to put him in that he role. Did, yeah, and he fits that that old master role perfectly. <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah, it's sat there quite well. Um, and then Ma Jing, I can't say that. There's lots of ings. Uh, <laughs> is it Ma Jing Ing? Uh, Ma Jing Jing. That's Jing. the brother. Okay. The, uh, the poo oh, yeah. peddler. <laughs> the poo carrier. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he plays Thank Mao Tzu. Um, and look, he's in Young Detective D, Rise of the Sea Dragon, 2013. He, he, he was fun. I liked his character. Yeah, he was a really uh, nice guy. And it was uh, um, just, he's like a big sort of. I don't know. I don't want to call him the simple man. He just is a large dude and he's just a friendly guy. And uh, he's a good character. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of these he, side characters were really nice. He does. He fills that, that kind of typical role that tends to be a lot of these films. Like he's like almost slightly comedic character. Um, yeah. But yeah, he was fun. Yeah, it was a good a fun little banter between him and Archie. Uh, yeah. yeah. I liked it. And then, uh, oh, uh, I guess it's not really last, but the last person I could recognize on the cast list. Um, so Lai Jatong plays Nameless. Um, this was the hired sort of a bodyguard uh, for the the brothel dude. Like the main guy that ran the brothel hired this guy to go um, beat up uh, Achi and he's the one that he, he goes to fight him and then sees um, Yen uh, Shosan is like and he's like oh <laughs> I recognize that or maybe I think he recognizes Achi and realizes he's the third master and was like yeah I'm not going to fight him <laughs> he'll just kill me I cannot remember that part at all. <laughs> um, it's when they're having like a big fight in the street, and uh, it's like a sort of a marketplace. And Nameless shows up with a bunch of thugs, and he's like the he's supposed to be a really cool assassin, but then realizes that they hired him to go like beat up a dude that's you can't beat up. Like it would just be suicide to go fight this guy. So. Yeah, because that that same scene kind of didn't it. There was a lot going on, like yeah, yeah. Because then, um, oh, I don't even know these guys' names. Yin, the tattoo face guy, he goes back to the brothel and just beats everyone up, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> yes. So I and think that, this was after that. Yes. It's like Anyways, immediately like after. That. I think he like left, and then um, this dude didn't hadn't seen him or something. I think he's going after him and then realizes when he sees, um, Achi that, uh, Oh, I think he goes back and tells him like, that's the guy you were picking a fight with. You probably shouldn't do that. That's the third master. It's like the best dude in the world uh, at sword fighting. Yeah. Um, That's this is where I was, the, the, things got confusing for me, but also started to fall into place after this point. Yeah, well, it started doing like more of the flashbacks, um, sort of in the middle of the film. Yeah, because the the village asks Yin 
our, I don't know, what, what are you, he's not our hero, he's not our, I don't know what do you call him. He's not quite an antagonist. Uh, <laughs> no, because he... He's the anti-hero, he ha- He's the anti-hero, but he still has, like, a, like a sense of righteousness and yeah. honor um, and a code that he lives by. So he isn't going to put up with um, people, like, stronger people bullying, like, the common folk. Because he doesn't really mess with them. He's just like, gosh, oh, he kind of ignores them, but he's not going to sit there and stand back if he can stop somebody. Yeah. But he's not going to go out does, of his way aware. to do it either. Hey, and he's not aware that Archie is the third swordmaster at this point, is he? No, he no. And this, like, this is what... Um, uh, they become like good friends. As mm. um, the swordmaster is, you know living as Achi uh, and has renounced the the martial world. Um, he enjoys, I guess, the company of um, uh, Yen. And to the point um, where Yen is... He's explaining that he, you know, his quest is for vengeance. And um, he's trying to go kill the, th- the third sword master, but um, Achi is is the third sword master and doesn't say anything. And then, um, this is the part where Yen, unfortunately goes through and shows, uh, Achi every single one of his like killer death moves. And basically just makes it so there's no way he can win because he just taught the dude that he's trying to kill all of his moves. Yep. Um, well, because I've just I actually got it like I've done before. I've got it playing in silence as we talk, and it's just got to the, that the section. Um, the assassin sent by the brothel doesn't even get to Archie, or um, because Yin steps steps in. Yeah, and it's, uh, and it's the village then asks him for help, um, and he just happened to be walking through and. Yeah, scared them off. He's carrying his own tombstone, which is real funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it's all a bit. It's all very convenient. A little bit of it, how the the characters interplay at this point. Oh yeah, um, I mean they're in the same little village, and the same. Like if you're gonna go do, if you're gonna like run away from your clan, I think you have to go a little farther away. I mean, if you're in China, it's very large. <laughs> you didn't have to stay, like, in the same a few miles from where you came from. I mean, it, it doesn't really yeah. get into distances. and, and No. Um, well, this He could this, be far away. It's just weird circumstance brought them all together in this one little area. Yeah. Well, this is a game where I, 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 in my mind, watching it, I felt it was the city where all this, like, I guess the sinful stuff happens where all the partying and the, and the brothel and all that is um that seemed to be like on the to me, my mind was it the border between i guess the heavenly realm and the earthly realm and the peasants were working in the city and then but the the godly people or the this, this is my mind it's not in the film this is just me think how i thought of it would come down to the city to enjoy themselves um and yeah, it was these peasants uh, where uh, Archie ends up is on the outskirts of the city, so that's why it made sense to me that they were nearby. But yeah, anyway, yeah, I mean, it, um, it could be something like that. I I really have to like 
either read God, the book or you know find a synopsis but i i tried to i looked for one but it's just in chinese i was like well, i can't read that so um unfortunately uh, well you know what there is a it's called the gulong uh reading room and they do fan translations of like most of his stories and i wonder if it's there i'm gonna look real quick actually because it's uh It'd be kind of neat to see a little bit more about some of these characters, and um, I'm sure that it goes more into their history. Um, and then we have, oh, uh, um, talk a little bit about the uh, the guy that carries all the swords around, because that is the best guy. Oh, yeah, the, the guy with the, the swords, he's, yeah, he's really cool. Well, he's, yeah, he's, he's kind of like just following... Um, Yin in the start and collecting swords of the people he beats to sell, <laughs> but he seems also like a a I know a groupie for Yin. Like he's like a big supporter of his and is always there to cheer him on um, with encouragement. Um, and when do we, are we jumping into like right at the beginning? Because he we, we we know that Yin's after the third master. He's after he's trying to become the best or prove that he's the best swords swordsman. And when he finds that Yin, he gets to his family. Oh, Yin gets to uh, the third master's, uh, I guess, uh, house, family home, family. I don't know, dojo. Training. That's not dojo. That's Japanese. Uh, yeah, it's the um, clan training hall. school. Clan Hall, yeah, he gets there and he's told that um, the Third Master's dead, which is, we know now, we've discussed it as a lie, because Archie just disappeared, and rather than face the shame of the son abandoning his post as head of the family, um, the Third Master's uh, dad just says that he's dead instead. And Yin gives up all hope. He's like, well, I can't prove myself being the best now, so he throws his sword away. Um, and the sword, <laughs> the sword collector... Uh, runs, um, uh, yeah. Well, he dives into the water, even though he can't swim, to get the sword, which is which is very important because later in the movie, when Yin Pick needs to his sword again, the the sword collector turns back up and has it and did not sell it. He's held on to it because uh, <laughs> he he knew that it would be important. Yes, yeah, so, I mean yeah. he's following um, Yin around because he wants Yin's sword. But I think because he's been following him for so long, because he hasn't been killed, um, they're they're friends. Which is why he brings him the, the sword out of the, the lake, even though um, he can't swim. Well, yeah, he sees value in it, but he also yeah. he sees value they're, they're beyond friends. money mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, as I said, I've got it playing as well. Uh, I think I yeah, you were more right than I was. Uh, the assassin turns up and confronts um, Archie and Yin steps in just to defend him. Um, and that's when the village asks for his help. And I, I get the impression that he may now, re-watching it in silence, that he may have suspected who Archie was because he attacked him to see how he'd react to a sword. And Archie cowered like someone who didn't know how to fight would. Yeah. And then there's a look of, of surprise on his face. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm reading into it a bit different now. One of the other characters we didn't cover, which I think is important to note, is I guess the... I don't know what do you call him. He's like the helper or servant to... Oh, um, um, to... 
Uh, where'd she go? Lu Young. Lu Young. So Chuti. Chuti is her name. Her first name. Yeah. Um, because he he plays a. He's not plays really a, big a mancer. Role. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, you don't realize until the end, like how big of a role that he's playing. Well, he. Yeah, he's actually the one I mentioned earlier, the Conan situation where you've got this clan just raiding and attacking people and there's a dude with a mask on. You're like, who are these people? And it turns out that's him. And it's he's try, he's trying to gain no, 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 uh, notoriety. I can't say it. It's been a long day. Notoriety. Uh, <laughs> that's it. Um, for him, I guess, to prove his worth to her because she keeps denying him. He's like, I really want you. But she's like, no, because you're just a servant. Um. Yeah, it's all all in play to gain power and prestige, I guess. Um, which is what Yin is doing, I guess. But he does it in a, a in different a, way. Brutal way. Yeah. yeah. To gain the favor of his 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 lady, boss lady. Um. Yeah. I guess we do. We need to go into our reviews. Are we ready for some reviews? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, the bad one. I don't think we've done the bad one first in a while, or did we last time? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> let's go with the bad yeah, one. Let's do bad one. Let's do bad one. Bad one's good. It kind of gives us a simple summary of the plot. Um, it actually, this is one of our films that we haven't got a ten out of a ten, but we also don't have a one out of ten stars, which is interesting. So it's 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 being received more as an average film than some of the other films we've seen, which had more extremes. Uh, the story of two swordsmen is the title of this review. And the author is David's Smail. David's mail, <laughs> not David Smail. David's mail. Uh, he's from the United States. Uh, this review contains spoilers. And it's three stars. I didn't say that, did I? Uh, it's three stars, not one. So that's pretty good for the worst review I could find on IMDb. This this is partly the story of one swordman who is good and who later trains another person in his ideas. The other person who le- uh, learns later fights and kills the fellow who taught him. But there is no real reason for these two people to be fighting, and they had earlier worked together to help people who needed help. Along the way, there are several persons on the periphery who make decisions that don't make a lot of sense, including uh, a princess who thinks she is in love with the younger swordsman, Although he has abandoned her several times, <laughs> some people might <laughs> well, appreciate, yep, the, appreciate the photography of Chinese landscapes. Uh, the swordplay is not particularly meaningful or realistic. A lot of it involves fighting ghosts or demons, so it is not particularly good as a martial arts film either. I actually think this review is kind of fair. Um, yeah, it's like a middle, very... middling review, or middle of the middle of the road. Yeah, I think three stars might be a little harsh for what they've actually said. Uh, we said this earlier on, I think, that it's not quite heavy on the martial arts. Uh, no, it's there is, more there is the drama. Yes, uh, there is some there. I'm actually writing a, uh, watching a scene right now 
where he's um, Yin is training Archie, and his movement's good, his, you know, but it is just it's not fighting. It's just like well, you I guess you could say, um, what's the, what's the kung fu version of kata? Uh, I don't know, just a form. Yeah, like it's just the the movement, or like yeah, but with the sword as he's demonstrating it, and there's a lot of that, and there is a lot of fighting with CG. Um, so yeah, I can actually appreciate. It. This is probably one of our better bad reviews that's actually fit, uh, a good argued um, statement. Any thoughts on it? Uh, no, that was I think that was a was a, a decent summation of what uh, what went down. Um, mm, I don't agree with the ending or what what it's talking about the pointless sword fight at the end because it had a specific point, and uh, well, I guess we'll talk about that uh, you know in a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I want to come back to that too because yeah. I agree with you. Um, it, it, it is. It's a tragedy, as we said. It's your typical uh, Shakespeare-style tra- tragedy, um, to put it in Western terms, where it, I guess there's a love triangle in effect. Um, and Archie did love this lady, but she loved the lifestyle more than she loved him, and he couldn't put up with that. So there, there is there is reason for. Um, for her continually chasing him. It's not as black and white as this review kind of says. Uh, yeah. On to the good. You ready for it? Yep. As mentioned, uh, this is not a 10 star, but it was the best review on IMDb from a user. And this review is from Vietnam. Uh, this is Pantinga. Pantinga? I don't know. Something like that. Swordmaster 2016 is a Wuja martial arts movie remake of an old Shaw Bros movie Death Jewel 1977 starring Derek Yi as the main character now he back again as the director of the new version oh Oh. there we go I guess I should have looked that up (laughs) come on Dave (laughs) (laughs) fail that's interesting that's that's why he's done it because as we've said like a lot of his uh previous films he's directed weren't like this but that makes sense he's just redoing the story he already got to star in and we and we see that a lot a lot with um uh yeah i've just watched shooter on netflix and that's uh i think produced or directed by matt Wahlberg, who starred in the movie version of it Mm, yeah yeah anyway the original version is not terrible, but also not that good to uh, to begin with. But the new version is absolutely better in every aspect. Uh, the character is more well-developed. The cinematography is as good as a wush- Am I, I'm not saying that right. Wusha? Wusha, yeah. Wusha movie can get. And the action scene is flat out awesome. I find the actors in this version fit with the story more than the old cast. The conflict between the two sword masters played by Kenny Lin and Peter Ho is more fleshed out, although some of the random stuff and the boring romantic subplot is still there. (laughs) But at least this... This is a long sentence. This is not... (laughs) At least this time, it's not meaningless. 
they definitely up the wire work action in the one cause. What? Uh, sorry, action. I'm reading it directly. I'm, it's hard when there's spelling mistakes. <laughs> action is in this one causes the original. Oh, I don't even know what this is trying to say. <laughs> Let me start again. They definitely up the wire work action in this one because the original is traditional Chinese swordplay, but it works well in this version. Highly recommend to martial art movie fans. Hmm. Sorry about that last sentence. Uh, they forgot a B in the because and it threw me off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I actually disagree with this review more than the than the bad one. I think that's the first. I still like the film, but I disagree with some of the sentiments they're getting at. Um, I think that it's probably not going to be as liked by martial arts film people. Uh, I think it has a lot more credit and clout, um, clout for cinematography than martial arts, which this person did mention, but yeah. Um, thoughts jump in yeah uh, no I'm, I'm on the same same page they're they're dismissing it's really weird it's for a good review they're dismissing like the strong points of the film in favor of focusing com- just solely on like the action scenes but that's like not the main point of the movie <laughs> So uh, I think that's doing a disservice to the effort that they put into telling the story. And, and I mean, yeah, they did talk about that. The, the main characters fleshed out more, but I think everyone um, has pretty clear motivations as to why they're doing what they're doing. Um, even if it gets a little bit confusing simply because there's a lot of people and there's a lot of uh, background um, that you have to understand, I think, you know, through the middle of the movie to get why it ends the way it does. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we can touch on that, that that fight scene at the end. I guess, as we discussed, that Yin is dying, so he's going to die anyway, and he wants the opportunity to fight the greatest swordmaster, I guess, doesn't he? He wants to go out a fighter, not as a... Yeah. Well, I mean, he specifically uh, says, he's like, uh, he asks um, uh, Achen, or um, the third master, uh, he's like, do you, like, is it honorable to, like, just, or honorable, but um, do you just want to die, like, sick in bed? And, you know, the third master's like, no. (laughs) He's like, if I have to die, I want it to, I want to go out um, at the hand of someone I respect. Uh, because that's what our life is, you know. It's it's all about the sword. Even if he like renounced it, I mean, he he stepped back into the martial world, and because he did that, um, he's you know willing to embrace uh, the the sort of code of honor that they um, they live by, and he's fought. Uh, as as the the reviewer said, he um, they fought together, and they're you know they're on the same team, as it were. You know their goals were aligned, um, but 
because they have that respect for each other is why he was willing to like, it's basically he's granting, um, uh, Yen, like a last request because he knows he's not going to lose. Like he doesn't really have any stake of in he's, he says it specifically. He's like, unless I make an error, um, on my seventh, like move, uh, you, you can't beat me because I already know you already showed me like all your moves. So this is kind of, you know, one-sided, uh, even if I wasn't uh, one of the best, if not the best, um, sword fighter. So it's really a yeah, respectful, it, it, like, I can't really call it a suicide. Um, but it's, they both go in there knowing that only one of them is going to walk away. A, a lot of warrior cultures yeah. uh, in this world have uh, that similar form. Like um, Japanese would prefer to die by the sword. Vikings would rather go out in battle or die by the blade than die of old age. Um, it, it's, th- it's that same thing. This is someone who's trained his whole life to beat the third master and may have been able to beat him if, if uh, the events didn't transpire the way they did. Um, by him teaching his secrets. <laughs> um, actually, uh, I was wrong. I mentioned earlier that he may have already known that he was the third master or suspected it because I just saw the scene where the um, uh, the sword merchant who follows him around uh, brought back his sword and told him that he was Archie was the third master, sword master. Um, and he was lying, Yin was lying in his coffin waiting to die. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and he gets up and he um and he yeah he kind of expresses his frustration and then heads off to go fight him and he's like wait what's the point i can't beat him <laughs> yeah it was um, pretty funny <laughs> like for a, such a yeah. serious moment um and for a serious character i mean he it's it's a definitely like a slapstick kind of routine uh where he he just yeah he says, he says i remember now he just like totally sits up in the coffin and he's just like okay i'll go kill him He's like, oh, oh no, wait! I taught him all my moves, so this isn't going to go well. Uh, well, I better do it anyway. Yeah, um, and that, that's an interesting thing because that could easily lead towards the end of the film. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just looking at it now, and there's still like another forty minutes to go. Um, oh yeah, because they have to have the uh, the team up session. Yeah, um, I don't, yeah, we didn't talk about it. The entire. Um, uh, third, like sect, like the other clan that we think is out there. That's that's the yeah. dude that, or I mean, we get this weird wizard guy um, that's leading these. They're not really a bandit; they're just like a a group of dudes murdering people. And, yeah, raiding raiding places. Yeah, they're they're raiding stuff, I and mean, it never explains who they are till the very end. Um. Where, where we realize um, that there's basically like a, I don't want to call it a Scooby-Doo moment, but the, you know, the the main antagonist, the actual villain of the movie is the the manservant dude um, for, uh, I don't know, what's her name? Chi um, um, something. Chi-Ti. Uh, so the woman yeah. that hired um, Yen to kill her ex-husband um, her servant guy, or at least the dude that's like, in, or, well, he turns out he's in love with her. Um, but he's running like this crazy cult, murdering people, um, 
just to prove that he's super strong and that she should marry him. Yeah. Like, like he, he's just doing it for the status, even though he's, like, wearing a mask so you don't ever know who he is. Yeah, that was a little odd. And he, how it all kind of comes out is that he uses that, uh, I guess, military might that he's amassed in the background to attack Archie's, the third Dude Master's clan. Yeah, he's trying to wipe them out because then if they're gone, his clan is the strongest. Um, and, and then that would give him the political and actual power um, to be seen as worthy not to marry her. And this is this all happened after um, just um, Chi Chi Yu, what her name is Chi T C T C T. She after she finds Archie in in this 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 village and what takes him back or forces him to come back, basically because she threatens. She threatens um the the life of uh Shao Li, the princess that the the girl that worked at the brothel. Yeah. Um, Who ends up getting he, killed he, anyway <laughs> because of the the cult dudes came through and burnt the uh, whole village down. No, she doesn't die. No, she doesn't? Oh, no, they, they, had the, uh, the mu- they had the medicine? Mum, uh, yeah, the mum um, protects... She shields her, her with her body. Okay, yeah, that's right. Um, and so the mum, she gets heavily burnt, and Yin has uh, sensu beans. <laughs> Why, yeah, <laughs> wasn't, it, wasn't it supposed to, like, it could heal himself or it's keeping him alive? I'm trying to remember why he has those. It, he has, like, it's a, a sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he gives it to her, which helps. Um, but she's still scarred. Well, yeah, she's all uh, burnt up because she was in a giant fire. Um, it's just she's a lot better off than she would have been if she didn't get that medicine. Yeah. It basically keeps but, her yeah. alive. Oh, now that I, I remember that scene. Um, it's just funny because Archie does go with, with uh, CT. Um, and she, he's like, you know, I'm happy to live, you know, a peaceful life, basically, and just to stay with you. But I want it simple. <laughs> and she, like, again, just goes and gets all her servants to just make them a palace in the middle of the woods. It's, it's yeah, it's ridiculous. Is that the scene where he's like, I'm gonna go plant the rice, and then he's in the mud, and then she won't. He's like, I'll stay, but you got to come help me, and then she won't step into the mud. Yeah, and it's like grounding. He likes talking about being, you know, he wants to experience life and yeah, like as a common, a common man. And she doesn't want to give up um, all the comforts that her position has given her her whole life, really. So, and and we learn why he's like that. As as the head of his family, he's been forced to kill people, and he didn't like it. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, past. he did, but then he realized what, um, okay, he, they sent him to kill a, like a guy that was, a giving them a problem. So he kills the dude, but then I guess he was worried that the son, the guy's son would want revenge. So doesn't he kill the son too? Or somebody does? And he's just, at that point, yes. he's like, okay, I can't do this. I can't just sit there and murder whole families because I'm afraid of 
like revenge. Like I'm just yeah. I'm just an assassin. I'm not even I'm not just a murderer. You know, this and what, isn't something. the interesting thing about that that point is uh, I think the guy that he ended up killing was someone who was from the martial world. Yeah, who gave it up and went, and that's again why I kept thinking that it was they were kind of a separate race, like a higher race, high humans. If, yeah, no, martial world literally just means the dudes that practiced their whole life and got really, really good at something. Yeah, and they're but, they're, they're so yeah. like I said, they're so powerful at what they do. They might as well be, you know, superhuman. Well, see, the the guy he killed, he had gave up the martial world and became a rice farmer and they they and i guess it, you do get that um in cultures especially historically um noble people were seen as greater than peasants and he married a peasant woman and had her own, his own little rice farm and that was considered dishonorable so they had to kill him because he defected or and that's the only reason he killed him archie killed him because he didn't want to live a martial art life yeah, um, and again, that's why I kept seeing it as a different. I, I am wrong, but that's why I kept seeing it as uh, I thought it was like too spiritual because he was uh, leaving his, I guess, better. He was defecting against his own people by marrying a peasant or or a, a, a lowly human. Um, but that's exactly what Archie wants now. He just wants to be left alone and to live peacefully. Uh, so yeah. after murdering a whole family, he learned his lesson. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, these, these plot points are why there's a lot more of this. If you just go to watch this and like, I'll be entertained uh, because it's a martial arts film or it has, you know, uh, crazy fight scenes, you're missing like 90% of the movie or you're going to be disappointed. I think, um, by what this is offering because it's really about, the, the characters and people learning and growing and doing something beyond what their lives dictated that they were supposed to do. Um, and uh, really, I mean, kind of paying for that choice because it is yep. against uh, their role in society or their role in their family life. I mean, they, they're not supposed to go against the grain and they, when you do, um, it does not affect you. It affects society. Like other people die because of what you're doing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a very heavy topic. Yeah. It's a, it's a heavy film. Uh, but it deals with it in like, um, uh, it's not really a respectful way. Um, it deals with it in an entertaining way, but that lets you, um, it doesn't really play favorites. Like no one's like a really a good guy here. Everyone kind of did something bad, uh, in their past or in their present. And so you're not really rooting, I think specifically for any one character. You kind of see why everyone, you know, they did a good job at, um, expanding these characters and giving them motivations and uh yeah there are clear or i guess it's like some people are worse than others and so by comparison <laughs> like the good guys don't look as bad um but yeah i mean they did horrible things this is just a tef definitely a, a case of that um you know heel to face uh turn uh where 
they, they're like repentant and they they just want to live you know a quiet life, or you know go out in a blaze of glory, uh, being able to fight the dude that they've been chasing their entire life and <laughs> spent their whole life training to kill, or you know fight anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was, it was it was quite full on. I I, can, I must I would must admit it's not my favourite of the films I've seen. Um, but I think I appreciate it more after the fact, thinking about it and discussing it, than I did at the time, because it was quite intense and hard to grasp what was going on at times. Like even now, I'm at the scene where. Um, CT sends her her soldiers and her white clad soldiers um, to a, to attack this village as revenge because Archie has once again left her. Yeah. <laughs> After she refused to get her her feet muddy, um, so she's basically yeah she's just taking revenge. Well, yeah. Um, didn't she also she, like try to bribe the um, uh, girl to like? get her to tell Archie to leave. Uh, oh, after he, after he went a bit, we first went with her, she gave her money. Yeah. She's like, um, take the money and just, you, you know, you know, go have your family, have more food and whatever. And just, you know, leave, just forget about Archie. I'm going to take him. <laughs> Basically. I think that's what happened. Yeah. Um, and this same scene where she sends her, her soldiers into, to basically capture, Archie and well, murder um, his friends. Um, well, that's where we also get the the manservants soldiers turning back up for the first time since <laughs> the minute eighteen or something of the film. Yeah. Um, and, were, and it didn't make sense here why they turned up and who they were, like why are they suddenly attacking. But we soon, yeah, as we discuss, we find out why. Um. It's because he's yeah, now trying to prove his might. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, again, it, we've said it before. It's just it is a tragedy. It's very sad to see why people struggle, um, and what they went through. And most of it was not necessary, unfortunately. Yeah, almost like, like I said, everything people did it it affected other people worse. I think than what they were wanting to happen. I mean, really, they all yeah. just kind of wanted to live their own lives, but in in trying to do so and struggling against that, people died. Like they were getting people killed uh, just for their own happiness. Yeah, yeah. The only only true <laughs> good people in this film were the brother and the mum. Just they had nothing, but they were they were willing to give to a stranger. Um, I think those are the people we should be <laughs> uh, respecting the most, and are the true heroes of this film. Yeah, um, I mean they they literally were just they were being selfless um, rather than selfish, I guess. And they had you the least to, to give. Down. Yeah, they had nothing other than some poo. Yeah. Yeah. Very very sad film. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, a I guess drama. That... And, uh, I think coming off of um, Kung Fu Yoga, this was definitely a change of pace. <laughs> oh, for sure. But uh, as I said, the the cinematography was great. Um, 
everything pretty much looked right the whole way through. Uh, CG wasn't the best at times, but hey, yeah, it's, it's, a, what are you gonna it's do? a fantasy um, film. They did a really good job with the color, and when I rewatched parts of this again uh, so we could record, uh, the bridge scene, for one, was really well done, and there's some just really cool staging uh, showing the cloth and uh, how everyone's like outfits moved. Yeah, they, they they play a lot around with um, like swishing fabric and making big swirls and arcs. Uh, it's very very visual uh, mm-hmm. in a, in like a good sense of the word, I guess. And one of the, one, one of my favorite sets was uh, uh, Yin when he first finds out that the third source master is dead, which is not true. He get, abandons his his endeavor and seeks somewhere peaceful to die, and he ends up buying uh, was it for a hundred silver um, a graveyard, um, which is it's the thought, grave tender's hut. Hut. Does so the dude um, that buried it, like the grave digger, whatever? He's like, I'll just give me your job. I'll take it. Yep. And he suits it as his outfit. He looks like a grim reaper. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's just such a beautiful set. Like it is quite fan, uh, fantastical, but it's got like the the cherry blossom trees. Um, you know, like it's hot, it's up in the mountains, so you got like views in the distance, and it just looked really nice. It just yeah, uh, peaceful and, and and a real nice stark contrast to his dark character. Like he's such a dark uh, persona. Um, yeah, I like it. It was really cool. Yeah, so, do yeah. we have uh, anything else? I think we covered everything pretty much. Yeah, um, we kind of jumped around the film, but as a game, the film does that itself. So <laughs> yeah, it, it jumps around like a lot within the same few scenes. Um, a lot of flashbacks, and sometimes it didn't tell you they were flashbacks. Like, there's not a whole lot to key you in. You're like, wait, no, he, I guess he has a beard here. Now he doesn't. <laughs> wait, no, it's a flashback. He's just supposed to be younger. <laughs> well, and then the scar on his cheek as well. So mm-hmm. they played with that a lot. Um, yeah. So, yeah, all in all, I think it was an interesting film. Um, well worth watching, but go into it looking for a more somber uh, experience than a normal martial art film would give. Yeah. You got any final thoughts? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I watched this a few months ago when it came out on Netflix, uh, as it is, you know, came out last year. Um, so it's a recent film. I, like I said, I didn't really get a chance to watch the entire thing a second time, but even just skimming the bits that I did, it holds up just fine. Like it probably needs a second viewing to really cement like what happened. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. And this is one of the ones that I, I kind of picked this one and recommended it uh, just because I, I liked the character arcs. And uh, again, it wasn't as much for the martial arts. They're there and they're like a lot of fun to watch. But this is about the people and 
Mm. Just to, you know, I, something to, to change the pace and um, take a look at a character study uh, rather than just a, a movie that has very little plot or excuse why people are fighting. I mean, yeah, even the, even the, here, the they didn't are. really have to be fighting as much as they did. Yep. But yeah, the characters, as you say, are probably the better fleshed out of some of our recent films. <laughs> hmm. yeah. yeah. Like we said, we def- definitely understand why everyone's doing what they're doing, even if you don't really agree, yeah, I agree. with what they're doing. <laughs> or their, me- their methods, uh, the... The things they do uh, don't suit, I guess, the the means um, don't justify the end. Like, the stuff that they want to happen, uh, they're probably, I don't know if that could have been a better way, but it didn't have to go down like it did, I don't think. There was a lot of, um, as we mentioned a lot of stars aligned to make these events happen. A lot of uh, things had to happen by like happenstance rather than design. Um, it's clearly orchestrated what's going on here. You know, there's not a lot of, uh, a lot of this stuff couldn't have just happened um, on its own. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Kids are fighting. <laughs> I can hear them. <laughs> Sorry, they've been quiet. It's, it's nothing. My wife's sorting it out. It's nothing but the uh, drama. It's the magic of yeah. editing. Um, uh, yeah. After this, we wrap things up. I guess. Yeah. yeah I think we'll come to a natural ending. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know anything else. Um. What, yeah, what would you rate this? Um, on IMDb, it comes in at like 65%, I think is the consensus. Um, I think that's reasonably fair in all in all. Um, I, I think I'm pushing up maybe toward, after discussing and thinking about it, I'm pushing up to maybe 70, 73. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I would give it like a 75. Um, yeah. It could have had a little bit more action. Uh, and a little bit less melodrama, but they both those things kind of needed to play out the way they did uh, for the, the way the film was structured. So it did a good job at doing like it accomplished the uh, the conveying its its story to me. So I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, so did I. Uh, it, was, it was it was a fun watch. But yeah, I guess that wraps us up for Swordmaster. Uh, should we let the people know where they can find us if they haven't already know? Yeah, yeah. In case you don't already know, um, you can find myself on Twitter at sentinot underscore plus, um, and uh, Vader. You're on you're on many places. <laughs> you got yes. one central hub. Yes, I do. Uh, it's just VaderVanOden.com, and you can even find this podcast on there on my homepage. Uh, I've, got a, I've got all the uh, feed on there, so you can click on all the links there if you wanted to. Excellent. 
And uh, we are also on Twitter at um, CTHpod. Um, and yeah, I mean, give us a follow, send some messages. Uh, we would like to get some feedback. That'd be great. Uh, we're on iTunes. Send us a review. Also good. Otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, you'll hear us in another two weeks. And we'll be back with more Kung Fu. Yes. Uh,